Again, a reminder, I'm John Pielli. Well, I don't know who are you. Me? I know who I am! I'm a dude a dude disguised as another dude! You can give the show a call if you want. The number is 732-364-3598. That's 732-364-3598. But first thing I wanted to get into today, and I'm going to make it real brief. It's, uh, it's unfortunate when you see a team in baseball win as many as 108 games. And through two games in a series that's tied to essentially have it be over. And I tell you, the momentum in this series between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees has swung 100% in the New York Yankees' direction. And as much as I would like to see the Red Sox prevail, I don't think there's any chance. So this is going to be interesting. You got Avaldi going up against Severino today. Um, you're going to need, really, Nate to just be absolutely dominant, which I don't know if we could count on at this point. And you know what's going to happen if you get into the Red Sox bullpen. So that series, I believe, is over. I'd be shocked. I'll tell you this. I would be absolutely shocked if somehow this series ended up going to a fifth game. If there was a fifth game where we're talking about Chris Sale and Jay Happ pitching and the Yankees Red Sox, I'd be absolutely shocked. There's no way that's going to happen. Because I am good at three things. Fighting, screwing, and talking baseball. Another thing I'm going to mention, I'll be real quick about it, and we'll get into today's choice topics. Uh, the New York Giants basically self-destructing before our eyes. And it's a shame that this, that this is happening because you look at the, their performance yesterday, a game that they probably should have won. And I believe they should have won that game. There's no doubt in my mind that they should have come across, come away with the win. Obviously, if you're if you're saying, hey, this is typical Giants, the way things are going to happen for us, you know, there's no way that you know you have a game like that, a 63-yard field goal. There's no other way, or no other team you could imagine that the Giant, other than the Giants, that they end up losing a game like this. That, that they were in to be up in that game late and knowing that you need pretty much a miracle drive in 30 seconds by the Carolina Panthers, one which, by the way, didn't seem like it was going anywhere. You know, it seemed like they were going to fall a little short. And the question was, was Cam Newton going to throw a Hail Mary pass down the field or were they going to try this ridiculous field goal? And I understand that the kicker is good. I don't have any issue with the kicker coming up in that spot. You want to give it a shot. You want to talk about the longest field goals in NFL history, which is basically what you needed to see if the Carolina Panthers were going to come ahead, come out ahead. And they end up doing it. And you could say, hey, it's typical Giants fashion. This is a team that probably is not destined for great things this year. But you're seeing the self-destruction happen in the locker room. Odell Beckham basically telling you that his whole act in preseason – and everything that he was gonna he was gonna do, be the nice guy, uh, stand up. I'm Giants first. I'm team first. I care about this organization. It was all crock of shit. He realized that he was basically just lying to you because he wanted to get paid. He wanted to get his big contract. Now he's got his big contract. He's gonna open his mouth. He's gonna be an embarrassment to that organization. Now he could have a conversation over whether he could maybe move Odell Beckham's contract and somewhere along the lines. And end up, uh, you know, parting ways with this guy. I don't think it's impossible, but the Giants at one and four right now look like an embarrassment. And it's a shame because they played a hell of a game yesterday. 
The quarterback played well. They scored points. Manning took the team down the field late. And you even got a relatively respectful stop on defense in that final series where you were able to hold the Carolina Panthers to a ridiculously long field goal. And I understand they made it. But you could take this if you wanted to in a positive, from a positive standpoint and make it out into being something special, something that you could build off of. Instead, the media is going to jump right to Odell Beckham, and deservedly so. He didn't have to say the things that he said. He's basically trashing his team. He's basically being the clown that he was before he got his contract. And you know everything that he said in the preseason and coming up into the season until he got his contract was an absolute lie. And the guy is a fraud. A ridiculously talented player, but he's a fraud. Yes, I love right now. Now, I want to move on into something that I actually feel like talking about. I feel like I have to mention Yankees-Red Sox, even though that series is basically over. I feel like I have to mention the Giants because it involves Odell Beckham and his comments. So now that I got that off my chest, I can talk about things that I actually want to right now. UFC 229. You had a McGregor against Khabib, and obviously a highly anticipated fight. You know, the it was almost like this is something out of a motion picture, and and, and I'm surprised, and I'm I'm surprised that there isn't more of a conspiracy theory thrown out there about everything that's gone on here, because I don't think there is a blessed thing that has gone on through the promotion of this fight to the end of this fight to everything that was involved in it that doesn't seem like it was scripted. Now, the fight itself, I believe it. Two guys fight in an octagon, basically until one submits each other. There is there is no more real-looking fight seen in any type of combat sports than what you see in the octagon. So that's the one part of it that I can't question. I can't say that there's any of that scripted, but everything in the fight promotion, everything from McGregor's flipping out on that bus, throwing a dolly at it and hurting somebody, to the reaction of you know Khabib afterwards when he jumps into the stands, and you know the guys from his entourage jumping in a ring attacking McGregor after he was just choked out. It all screams. It all screams script. And if you're gonna script it. Sure, you probably couldn't have done it in a better way. And I give them a little bit of credit. I think that they're they're doing an okay job if they're wanting to promote the sport. But I tell you, there's enough action that goes on when you put two fighters in that situation, especially two fighters as talented as Conor McGregor and Nurmagomedov are. You put them guys in a ring and have them fight, that should be enough entertainment. But apparently it isn't. They got to go, and it seems like there's people working behind the scenes, doing everything they possibly can to try to draw as much attention as they can to this. Now, if you're a fighting fan, if you're a UFC fan, there is no reason that you're not going to be glued to the television, whether you're watching it on pay-per-view, whether you're checking it out on somebody's periscope that they're streaming live for you. You're going to be glued to the television watching the action. You don't need to build up. The problem is, is that all fighting sports feel like they need to have that WWE type of soap opera atmosphere to it. And I'll tell you, it is really messing up the quality of the fight that you're seeing. 
Because a lot of attention is being taken away from that and on to the other crap. And you wonder, when it comes down to this fighter who ends up beating Conor McGregor, he did a great job, he choked him out, he submitted him, he did his job. I wonder if there's somebody in his ear that's saying, hey, if you win, I want you to cause a scene. I want you to make sure that that scene equals that of what Conor McGregor did to that bus. And I wonder how much of it was the decision of the actual fighter. And you know what this reminds me of? And I'm old enough to remember this, and I know the majority of my viewers and listeners can relate to this. 1990s heavyweight boxing. Mike Tyson biting off of Vander Holyfield's ear. Uh, Riddick Bow fights being killed with people rushing a ring. And obviously the rushing in a ring probably goes back for years and in the days of Ali and Howard Cosell. Cosell trying to get in the ring to get that last you know question or comment in there. But if you remember the scene of boxing in the 90s where it was almost like an afterthought, the afterthought was the fight that was going on. You might not even remember, you might not even want to talk about who won the fight. It was the scene that was created after. And that's when boxing tried to go out of their way to try to match up with WWE. And I don't know if they ever felt like, you know, World Wrestling Entertainment, which we all know is fake, was any sort of competition to it. But yet they looked at ratings. And, and I'll tell you, there isn't anything that goes on in this world. Whether we're talking about sports, whether we're talking about entertainment, whether we're talking about music that's played live, whether we're talking about anything that requires an audience, that ratings isn't the number one thing that impacts what's going on. It's not, it's not the entertainment value, it's not the talent that the people that are performing in any sort of way are contributing to the event. It's how the event is being perceived. It's how many people are talking about it. Now in the social media world, you know, when you're talking about topics that are trending, you know, it couldn't have been that good of a fight if it wasn't trending worldwide on Twitter. And we all understand that the most important thing when it comes to any form of entertainment is ratings. And without ratings, it doesn't matter what's happening. You could have the greatest things happening in a world of sports. You could have the greatest performance in the history of mankind. But if there's no ratings, then something's got to change. And the discussion as things have gone by is how do you change it? How do you change UFC and make it more entertaining and more popular? And somewhere along the line, some ass clown decided to make it more like WWE. To add that soap opera atmosphere to it. To make it not about the two fighters in the octagon. To make it more about... People looking at it and say, wow, this is a freaking soap opera. This is one life to live. This is General Hospital. A group of men could come up and watch these stupid sideshows that are going on in the side. Guys throwing dollies at buses. Guys rushing the crowd. Fights breaking out all over. This is what people want to see. It's like the male version of the Real Housewives of wherever. You know, wherever they're sending those idiots. 
send a group of grown women to friggin' sit there and pull each other's hair. Well, men don't have anything to compare that to. So let's turn the UFC circuit into a giant soap opera. And I tell you, from an entertainment standpoint, it's got to be an embarrassment. It might have done well for ratings. It might have done well trending worldwide on Twitter. But it's an embarrassment to the sport. And he took away something that is so technical. And remember, you're talking about fighting in, a, in, in that type of environment. You're talking about something that usually doesn't last very long because of the physicality to it. And the, the technical things that the fighters are trying to do to submit each other. I'll tell you, it actually is a real thinking man sport. If you compare USC to boxing or any other sort of martial arts. And all that was taken away because the people from the outside, and I don't even blame the fighters. In fact, you know, I look at the Magnumanoff and I, I believe that he was just doing what he was told. Everything's about the image and it's not necessarily a positive image that sells things. Once again, look at Odell Beckham. He's not sending out a positive message, but it draws interest. It's polarizing. People are glued to it. You look where it comes, you know, the New York football giants are sitting there at one and four. When it comes down to the grand scheme of things, nobody could give a damn about them and their record. But they care about Odell Beckham. They care about the next time he's going to make a friggin' clown-ass statement and say something stupid. And when it comes to MMA... There's been problems because, you know, you're looking at diehard MMA fans. They're going to be there regardless. Same thing I can tell you about golf. The diehard golf fans are going to be glued in every single tournament, whether it's a major or not. You don't have to worry about your diehards when it comes to a particular sport. You have a diehard fan. You have a certain contingent of diehard fans in any given sport. They're going to be loyal to you regardless. But what happens? People get greedy. They want to draw as many different people in there. They want to draw some fair weathers in them in there and make it a little more interesting to them. And I'm absolutely convinced that there was more than just an impulse reaction of this guy after beating Conor McGregor. This was something that was scripted. This is something that was set up. I'll tell you what, it goes back to the, to the time of that bus incident. It reeked like something was set up and scripted there. And I tell you, this is the conclusion of it. And obviously it's setting up for a very good rematch, which obviously is going to draw a bunch of people to the television. And I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of dumbass stuff that's going to happen in the background in promotion of this fight. They're going to bring the fighters out there for their press conferences. They're going to encourage the fighters to get into it, you know, physically, to add to ratings. And that's all that they're looking to do. The actual impact of the sport, which, by the way, has been on the rise. And I'm not saying it's not going to continue to rise. But a sport that was taking precedence over professional boxing because of a lot of the corruption that we saw in the late 90s and the early part of the 2000s. And really the fact that the heavyweight division has not been able to produce that polarizing type of champion in a long time. So UFC has taken advantage of it. A lot of people that were boxing fans are UFC fans now. But now that's not enough for UFC. And I blame Dana White. I blame everybody that's involved in UFC. 
I blame Conor McGregor. I blame Nurmagomedov. Because they've gone out of their way to go from promoting the action, which was what sells, which was what's going to increase your audience, which was what was supposed to continually energize the fan base that you already have. And you say, you just want more followers. You just want more people to pay attention to it. So you bring in the stupid Real Housewives of wherever scene type of soap opera that you see that sells in other sports. You saw that it sold in boxing for a little while. You know that it sells on the WWE circuit. And you went out of your way to make UFC, which was supposed to be a man's man sport. Two people settling their differences in a ring, fighting however they want. Making sure that the goal is to submit the other person, to just beat them, to make them quit. And you want to turn it into a freaking soap opera. I'm embarrassed. Because you actually saw, for a couple rounds, a pretty good fight between two very competitive and strong men. But nobody wants to talk about that. Everyone wants to talk about the melee afterwards. You know, nobody wants to talk about the fact that Evander Holyfield dominated Mike Tyson twice. People want to talk about Mike Tyson not being able to handle it and biting Holyfield's ear. Just a reminder, and this copyright and broadcast is authorized under internet rights granted by the World Wide Web and is solely for the entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, other use of the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this show without the express written consent of the past ball show, JohnPielli.com and JohnPielli LLC, is prohibited. Any commercial other use of a program, such as by charging admission for its showing, is similarly prohibited. So the next thing I want to get into is something that, once again, has become a major topic on the past ball show because I've brought it up a whole bunch of different times. And it's the oversensitivity that we have in this world. And it's almost like, it's not even to a point where people make mistakes and the media is there to jump on it, which is their job. If somebody goes out there and says something stupid, like I'll make the OBJ example. If he goes out there and he rips his team, or if Jack Parkman in Major League says he's the only winner on a team, everybody else is a loser, either by choice or by birth. If I'm the media and I pick that up and I put it in my newspapers and I put it out on the internet and I have people talking about it, giving their opinion on it, they are just doing their job. In 2018, we have this obsession with trying to create a story for the sake of getting some more clicks, for the sake of drawing more people in and say, hey, is this person a bad person too? And you heard my take when it came to Urban Meyer. Is Urban Meyer the nicest guy in the world? Probably not. But did he assault his assistant coach's wife? The answer is no. But the bigger story is Urban Meyer as opposed to this coach that's, that was working for him that nobody even knows his name. So how does that apply to what probably wasn't a big deal but was turned out into a story and the Daily News, the New York Daily News, is a paper that has been sinking for many, many years. 
has been forced to let go a great amount of their outstanding writers and talent that they have working for the paper. Now, there's no surprise the correlation between a paper that's basically going under and all of a sudden the business decision to get rid of a lot of its talent and staff. It happens in the world of business all the time. So you got a paper that is struggling to keep itself printing. Obviously, it's got into the online thing because uh, in order to survive, you need to be available digitally. Now, was there somebody there that says, hey, I'm going to have a daily news reporter listen to this broadcast or watch this broadcast and go out of my way to try to find something, to try to find a statement that could be used to make a big story. And this big story might not even have to be real. This could be a fictitious story. This could be an embellished story. This could be a story that was made out for the sake of just trying to print something. So TBS broadcaster Ron Darling makes a statement, and you could say it might have been a little bit of a fraudulent slip, but it certainly was not intended to be a racist comment towards Masahiro Tanaka. The only people that think that Ron Darling made a racist statement against Masahiro Tanaka are the people that are obsessed with making everybody out to be racist. And the people that are pushing this story are the ones that believe that everybody is racist. Now, there are people that are. And plenty of people are. So there's enough people that actually prove these others right with dumb statements that they make. Now, I've heard this statement a bunch of different ways. Many times I've heard it said, kink in the armor. You think of the armor, you think of a kink, something that is keeping that armor from being as strong. Now, I have used, I have heard the word chink in the armor used. But never in my life have I ever heard that said in a racist or derogatory way. Now, if I was Ron Darling, maybe I would have been conscious of it and say, you know what? I hear it back. It probably didn't come out as positively as I wanted it to. But anybody that's out there thinking that Ron Darling, because he said this, is a racist or wants to put Ron Darling's comment which once again sounds like a fraudulent slip, but at the same time, the word chink has been used to replace kink when it talks to about something in the armor or something that has not worked. And he was basically referring to Masahiro Tanaka's pitching, not his race. And you remember what happened in the World Series last year where Yoli Gurriel hit the home run off of Hugh Darvish, made the gesture with his eyes. That was a racist gesture. We can all agree about that. But anytime you're talking about something that you have to twist and twist and twist to, to get your point of view across. And listen, a lot of people out there really believe this. They believe that every single person out there is racist. They believe that there is a lot more hate out there than there is. And listen, there's still plenty of hate. There's plenty of hate to talk about. So don't get what I'm saying twisted. I'm not going to make the point that racism doesn't exist, that there aren't 
really, really ignorant people out there that say stupid things. But there's enough ignorant and stupid things to be said that can make a better story than Ron Darling's chink in the armor. And I think we got to try to progress a little further as society. Because we have things that are going on now that we, we just want to make sure that we have our own point of view, we have our own narrative, and we want everything that we hear and we see to stick to that said narrative. And it's unfortunate. Because of that, you have a lot of false advertising and false reporting. And you have a lot of people that say, hey, this is how I feel, so I'm going to take every single issue and every single thing that I see and keep twisting it until I get exactly what it is that I want out of it. Now, I don't know if the Daily News decided to go into this game saying, hey, I want to find something that's racist or derogatory. Because if they did that, they succeeded. If they did that, they found something that fit the build of what they were looking to promote. And they got to back up their own narrative. But I thought it was a very bad job. And the way the article is set up is completely set up to be clickbait. And I'm not the first person that said it. And I'm not saying that I took this from anybody. It's a, a, an opinion that I generated myself after I got a chance to look at it. And I'm like, wow, I'm waiting when I'm looking at this article to really see something that Ron Darling said that was absolutely undisputably racist. Because that's what I'm thinking as I'm clicking on this article. And that's what a lot of other people were thinking about too. And they're waiting for it. And then you read it and you're like, what, this is all he said? And you can tell even the person that's writing, who, by the way, didn't put his name behind it. And you want to get into a whole nother, you know, box of worms and things that I hate about reporting. It's that anonymous reporting. It's that reporting that you can put a story together, but not have the balls to stand behind what it is you say and put your name behind it. I may be wrong a lot of times. I may say things that People may think are stupid, but at least I have the balls to put my name behind everything that I say. And you've got the Daily News staff as the as the author of this article. So the person that's behind it, the person that's pushing the narrative that Ron Darling is a racist in this article, doesn't even have enough cojones to put his own name behind it. And that, my friends, is a terrible job. Remember Castro Motor Oil, and the thing that I'll always remember about Castro Motor Oil is it provides maximum protection against viscosity and thermal breakdown. So the last thing that I wanted to get into today, you had a little bit of an incident happening, happening over in the Dominican Republic, and it looks like uh, Minnesota Twins designated hitter, infielder, Miguel Sano, and a player who I, I think about from a performance standpoint certainly has not lived up to the hype. He's a guy that was thought to be just a tremendous power hitter, a guy who was going to transcend the game. And we looked at the Minnesota Twins, who were on the rise a couple of years ago, and one of the reasons was an exciting young power hitter in Miguel Sano. Well, unfortunately, he's had to deal with some off-the-field issues. Now, I didn't believe as much in the 
uh, his incident with a reporter. And I, and I, I know it was, you know, if you go back to what I said before about sometimes things happen and we have a narrative and we want to stick to it and we say, hey, if there's a confrontation between a man and a woman, we have to assume that the man is being domineering and the woman is being the victim. While in a majority of cases, that's true. It wasn't in this case with Miguel Sano and a reporter. Now, was Miguel Sano acting in a polite way? No. And I think it should be counted on the record when we're remembering what we think of Miguel Sano. Maybe not the nicest guy. But you know what? He didn't assault the reporter. He didn't sexually assault the reporter. He was just a jerk. So you see a scene like I watch if I'm watching the movie Cops. You know, I don't sweat like, you know, Brendan Huff claims to in the movie Step Brothers. But I, I, I think of the confrontations that happen between police officers and civilians. Now, sure, police brutality exists throughout this country, and it can't and shouldn't be tolerated. But you do have a lot of situations where people are stopped. And instead of simply answering the police officer's questions, they decide to resist. And it, there was a uh, there was a video I was watching yesterday of something that was uh, done, a Jewish rite of passage. And I guess it was unauthorized for whatever event. And the police came. And instead of addressing the fact that their event was unauthorized, they decided to resist or protest or combat the, the police officers that were there. Whether they were right or wrong, they became wrong when they decided to attack the police officers. So Miguel Sano, in a completely different and unrelated conversation in the Dominican Republic, is stopped with his wife by a police officer and decides to take off. But not only take off, but to run over the foot of the police officer as he is taking off. And the message that I could say is whether your view of police officers are positive or negative, there's still a, a, a sort of authoritative presence that they have that should be respected. And many times when it's not respected, that leads to two scenes, two things that happen that aren't so good. And going back to this scene with this uh, Jewish synagogue and, you know, the men that are, are protesting and resisting and the one person that ends up getting arrested, it could have been avoided if you was simply address the police officers that are there. They're obviously there for a reason. The event that was set up was not authorized. Miguel Sano puts another bad mark on his chest for essentially resisting being pulled over with his wife by a police officer in the Dominican Republic. And like I said, it's like a, a scene in Cops where they got the dash cam or they got the, the cop cam. And the police officer is there asking for documents. And Miguel Sano puts his foot on the gas and runs the police officer over. It's almost like something you'd see in like a police movie. It's unfortunate. 
little bit of a recap of the show today, and I do, as always, want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. Um, tomorrow we'll be back on the air. I'll probably give you a little bit of recap, a little bit more baseball. Um, got the Monday night game going on tonight between Washington and New Orleans. I got some money on it, so maybe we'll talk about it. Obviously a big week in the NFL. And, I, and I'm kind of proud. I'm kind of proud to be able to knock out a show this morning and not dissecting the NFL for a really long time. Mentioned a little bit about the Giants in the beginning. More about, you know, OBJ kind of turning heel, kind of becoming himself. Now that he signed his contract, Yankees-Red Sox series, I believe, is over, even though it's 1-1. Expect the Yankees to win today and tomorrow and move on and play the Houston Astros as a rematch of the American League Championship Series from last year. And then, of course, our issues of the day. UFC 229, McGregor, Nurmagomedov. Good fight. Big win by Khabib, but it all takes a back seat to the scripted violence and melee and the ensuing scene of the fight, which doesn't look real. Looks like a scene at a general hospital or One Life to Live or the WWE, an embarrassment to the sport and a sport that is looking to continue to grow if it is, needs to get whatever marketers marketers are involved with trying to set the sport up in this type of direction and focus it on the fighters and the action in the octagon. Chink in the armor, is that a racial slur? I think it's more of a Freudian slip. Was not said in a racist or derogatory way, but I have heard the word chink not be used as a slur on Asians. I think it was a bad job by the Daily News just looking for clickbait, looking for a story to print to try to draw some attention to himself. Miguel Sano running over a cop's foot like a scene from Cops. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Thank everybody for tuning in. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.